0: Today's show is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head over to CuffLinks.com slash DVR and save 20% off your order. Now, there's an even bigger way you can save because CuffLinks is having a huge May the 4th sale. That's right. Every Star Wars item will be on sale up to 75% off from May 3rd to May 9th. They have Everything you need if you want to look decked out in the Star Wars, baby. I'm looking at some R2-D2 cufflinks, some Darth Vader tie pins, all that type of stuff. They've got awesome stuff over at cufflinks.com. There's no code needed, all right? No code needed. And if you want to get an additional 10% off, you can use this secret code, MAY4EXTRA10. That's like 85% off. What? That's crazy. Head over to cufflinks.com for May the 4th and for all of your needs. If you want to look good on that Zoom meeting or, hey, we're getting out now, when you get out that front door in the morning, head over to cufflinks.com today. Welcome to One Mike and Daily DVR's deep dive into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Today, we're here to be talking about the finale Season one, episode six, entitled One World, One People. Once again, directed by Kari Skoglin and written by Malcolm Spellman and Yosef Sawyer. Whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to the podcast, please do leave a like, subscribe, and write us a review. I'll do hand gestures along with it. Also, check (laughs) out Mike's instant reaction to this episode on the One Mike channel which we're going to be talking about today. My name is Axel. Of course, with me is Mike. How you doing, Mike?
1: Good, man. Ready to talk about this finale. Yeah, Let's baby. Go.
0: Let's do it. And today we have a very special guest. Once again, we're happy to welcome Delvin Cox to the show. What's up, Delvin? I'm doing good. I don't know how special
2: I am, but I'm doing pretty good. and <laughs> Excited to slander all these commentators
0: who are talking crap, trash about this in the finale. Oh, damn. All right. Well, you're very special to us. And you're so special, actually. We're Speak gonna for start yourself. I don't like them. I'm just kidding. All right. Well, one out of two ain't bad. Um, <laughs> we are running it back. We're going to do this thing again. Um, Delvin, Mike, and I are going to be covering Loki. So we're going to come back. It starts June 11th, which is actually my birthday. I'll be 47 years old, if you can believe it yeah I'm an old motherfucker um, so we will be doing the same thing I, I think Mike said he's going to be doing an instant reaction and then we'll join probably Sunday's good for me we'll chat about it off the air and we'll record on Sunday so it'll be kind of the same schedule which I love and I think is going to be awesome and having Delvin join the crew is just appropriate I mean this is a great crew we've got here I'm I'm Really excited to talk about this episode, but just to kind of go on and continue our discussion of this comic book world. So that's awesome. And uh, we're going to be giving away our prizes tonight, but we also have another piece of news before we do that, which I wanted to get both of your gentlemen's um, opinions on, which is that Malcolm Spellman and Delon Moussan, who wrote the last episode who I also said most particularly, peculiarly, I should say, if I pronounce that at all, that he had only it's ever... It's a struggle. It is a struggle. Life is yeah. a struggle, man. <laughs> only had, had written one episode of TV, and that was the last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Then as soon as that episode dropped, a couple of days later, they go, oh, guess what? They're writing Captain America 4. So I guess that's kind of like they were they figured hey why not before we write the film together let's write an episode of this series to get things going and i thought that was kind of a cool thing i liked the episode i think it's cool that they're bringing this dude in to to work with malcolm spellman um all in all i was happy with that i think it will continue this story and i think it totally makes sense what did you think delvin
2: um my first thought was, why didn't they include that on the episode? Like, they knew they were making Captain America 4. How cool it would have been if you watched the credits, that 10-minute credit scene they have, and at the end, they just say, Sam Wilson will be returned in Captain America 4.
0: Yeah, you're That right. would
2: have been a perfect stinger for it. Yeah, you're right. Well, As opposed to showing this little article right after it comes out, and it's like, hey, by the way, Captain America 4 is a thing. Like... Oh, really? (laughs) You could have have made a bigger deal about it.
0: Yeah, there was some people saying, well, they shot this before WandaVision, you know? But come on, they can add a little credit title thing with a Mm -hmm. nice picture to the end of it. That's a good point. I had not thought about that, but you're right. It would be nice that um, that they had included that as a part of the show.
2: Yeah, it kind of just felt weird just like after the... I don't even think it was after watch watch the show because me and Mike were talking about it like middle of the day. They're like, hey, by the way, Captain America 4 is coming out. I'm like, well, if you didn't watch the last episode, that, that's kind of been spoiled for you now.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Delvin, you had something else? No, you go ahead. Because I know uh, you, you want to say something about this too. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm a, I, if I'm being honest, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, just because like I, I look at the Captain America franchises as, as not just the best franchise within the MCU, but one of the better franchises that we've gotten in film in general, like yes. those three movies are fucking phenomenal and people, people sleep on the first one, but I thought the first one was excellent too. So like, you know, I, I feel like this is a franchise that has a very incredibly fucking high bar and to, Shift it over and it's like okay now we're gonna put the black guy as the Captain America and I I want I want Anthony Mackie to get the same caliber of writing and directing that Chris Evans got and I, I don't like I, it seems kind of I don't know how I feel about the idea of like hey these guys wrote one episode now they're gonna direct your movie like where the fuck are they gonna like are they gonna get the Russo brothers to direct it I certainly hope so I, I, Like, I don't want it to be some some first time director either you know or second time director you know I, I want I want the franchise and Anthony Mackie to be given the same amount of respect that, that Chris Evans was. I
2: have a hot take about that, by the way. Well,
1: let's I've hear been it. i thinking
2: about this week. If you're not going to bring the Russo brothers back, bring in Ryan Coogler. Let Ryan let Ryan Coogler stop writing Black Panther 2 because, obviously, that's going to be a problem. And just let him, for now, do the Wakanda series that's coming out and say, hey, why don't you write this Captain America trilogy with a black Captain America? think that could work. That's a great. That's a
1: great idea.
0: I like that. I like it, but I also think there's a lot of young directors and a lot of older directors. I think there's a lot of people out there. They're too far into that, though, aren't they? Already, aren't they going to start shooting Black Panther two? Because there was some question about whether they were going to pull it out of Georgia. Remember, so and they were still in the process of shooting it.
2: And they still don't know what they're gonna do because at one point they were saying they're gonna. Well, I think they are. They're, turn, they're gonna turn it into a series because they still don't have an idea of how they're gonna
0: make who, who the becomes Black Panther. Hard. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's an interesting point. I don't know, Mike. I don't. I don't. Partic- I think Malcolm Spellman has a good resume. Um, the other dude is newer to this. Like I said, he had only written one film before, which was kind of cool. It had some interesting ideas in it, but um I, I don't really feel, I think I'm willing to wait to hear who rounds out the production as far as mm-hmm. the director and everything goes. But I, I kind of liked it actually, because I like when a person is given kind of like an autourness over it within this disnified world they're kind of saying to him, like they said to Kugler with Black Panther, like you kind of take this. you know what I mean? Like you do your thing and find your way within it and i I kind of like that. so I think it shows that they have faith in Spellman, and i'm I am interested to see what director they get for it. Um, I have some different ideas, but I'm not quite sure who they might get. It's hard to say. I mean, Marvel will really go after anyone. Um, I know you look like you had an idea, Delvin.
2: I have a far-fetched idea too, which I think is outside the box, but I think it will be cool if they get him for just this one movie. What about Spike Lee?
0: Oh my God, that would be amazing, (laughs) considering. Yeah, I don't know if Spike could do this though, dude. I don't know. I don't know. He's he's too independent. Like to put him inside the confines of anyone else's world or anything is. I don't know if you can do that to Spike. He's too much of an artist, man. You know, like this.
2: This is my thing with it, and this is why I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning towards Spike Lee because. And this is the problem that some people had with this episode. Captain America, Spike Lee joint.
0: I okay, just can't see it. <laughs> it's fucking yeah,
2: crazy. With, and and this is the territory we're in now with this situation, because yeah. I feel like a lot of people didn't get the social commentary behind Captain America, Well, at least, at least this episode, and the fact that, hey, Captain America now, whether you like it or not, is black. And with being black, the social issues of become being a black person where that, holding that mantle is going to come with it. And when I think about that, who better to kind
0: of give that social commentary than Spike Lee? I mean, I, I, I can't disagree in the fact that, I mean, I think Spike Lee is an amazing director. He's one of my favorites. Malcolm X is one of my top 10 favorite films of all time. I can't dispute. I just don't know whether or not he would have the desire at his age to be I don't think told do it, what to, to do. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, like, I think he's... I think he liked it because of the challenge
2: and it will be like one of the first really, really yeah. big, with the exception of Black Panther, big superhero films with the main characters of African-American. So that would probably pique his interest, but yeah. I don't know if he's Disney material in terms of like, hey, I'll follow y'all lead. No, exactly, Spike yeah. Lee, Spike Lee. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you're going to do what, you, what I say you're going to do we're going to do this my way. And if you can't do it my way, I don't need to be here.
0: I, I think, and, you, you know, what would be cool though is you could get that Spike Lee, that famous shot where he puts the person on the trailer and they just move. But this, this time it could be the shield and the shield is just <laughs> flying through space, right? And like you're moving with it. And then like you hear oh someone boy. yell, it's the shoes. <laughs> 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 it ain't the shoes. Um, I have a pick. And I think this is a little out there, um, but I think at, at, with his last film, I actually think it might be possible, which is Steve McQueen, the, the the English director, Steve McQueen. I don't know if you guys are, you know, he directed 12 he, Years a Slave. He did t- I would
1: say he did 12 Years a Slave, yeah. right?
0: Shame, Widows, Small acts, which was just on uh, Hulu, I believe, um, with John Boyega. I mean, he's an amazing director, but Widows was functionally an action film. So, I never saw
1: Widows. Yeah, it's pretty Maybe. good. It's pretty good. and I think, I wanted to. I just never got to it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of out there. But when he did Widows, I was kind of surprised. But then when I looked back at some of his earlier work in the UK, he did do like more kind of like street hustler type of stuff. So I think that um, like Gangs of London, which is a popular show that's out right now, but um, I think that he might be kind of an interesting pick for the movie. I kind of like that. Yeah. I kind of like that.
1: I just cool. I, my my again, like my concern is less about putting somebody on it new because they're going to fuck it up. It's more kind of like, you know, I'd like to see, you know, when, when you say like uh the example of Coogler, just like handing him this franchise and like, hey, do your thing. Like, I I agree with that aspect of that. And I'd like to see that for other fran But like this franchise already has its. It's its own thing already, and like sure. I, I just I just want to make sure that it's it's gonna be tough because this is gonna be a really big fucking deal. Like to 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 transition this way from from Chris Evans to Anthony Mackey and I wanted to to do the things that that Delvin said that he would like Spike Lee to do for it. I'd like to see some of that, but then I also still like to see the the regular kind of like stuff that i've come to expect from the captain america franchise and that's going to be a tough thing to kind of blend those two things together and it's just it's just such a huge task and like to to put writing it in the hands of someone that you said like their first they've had one writing credit before this it's like uh like like it's like i just it just makes me feel a little uh and then and, and then also with this show in particular like I, 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 we have not shit on this show by any means, but I'm also not looking at this as like, oh man, this is, this was a phenomenally written show. So I'm perfectly uh, okay with with this guy doing the movie uh, on it because it, like as as far as the writing on this show has been, it had it's had its it's had its ups and downs. Put it that yes. way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree on that. All right. Cool. Well, listen. Let's get into the show, but before we do that, I do want to announce the winners of our Cufflinks.com. Giveaways and we're going to have more giveaways for Loki because I know cufflinks always comes through. So we had two items that I put my my hand in a hat and I picked out all the names of the people who left comments on one mic and on Facebook and who emailed us and all great people like Joanne and Andy and Scott and Joe and Tim and Bill and so many other people. So the first thing we had was a set of Marvel Argyle socks these are awesome people. I have a set of Star Wars socks just like this. And we also have a very beautiful Falcon and Winter Soldier tie. Ooh, look. That's dope. Hi, I'm here for the uh office job. <laughs> I don't I don't wear ties, but I love I I do like wearing ties at home sometimes. So, okay, so I have already picked out the names. I'm going to tell you who won. Okay. First off, the person who won this tie, is a man who has a podcast himself. He's oh, a great me. podcaster. We knew, we knew him back in the day from Jay and Jack. He was not a huge fan of Falcon and Winter Soldier. He had some negative commentary on this show, but he was tough on it. He was tough. Well, Take to, to that time fair. back. <laughs> <laughs> So he's gonna win it. It's Scott. Scott, you have won this tie. I don't know if you're listening or watching, but we'll make the announcement on Facebook. So Scott has won that tie. Congratulations. Now, who won this? It is a a one mic fan, Joanne. Yeah. He's the winner cool. of the socks, baby. Joanne has won. Joanne. So we have we have good. We have a, a person who came through us from our Facebook page, Scott. And Joanne, who came through us through one mic, winning our CuffLinks.com prizes. Thank you, CuffLinks.com. Now let's move on to the finale of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Now, Mike, we heard from you and your initial reaction. So I'm going to turn to Delvin first. What was your initial take when this episode ended? How did you feel? What what was the first things you wanted to talk about?
2: I felt like... The episode overall did what it needed to do. I thought it was really good. Even, I would even go as far as great in terms of it got right to the drama. It got right to the action. Within the first four to five minutes, not only do you see the suit, but you see the suit in action. And that that beginning shot where you see Falcon flying over the city, and then you see like the silhouette of him flying over the alleyway. I'm like, that is a pretty cool action. That feels like a Marvel comic book shot. And it, overall, that was, like I said, it was great. It was a lot of good action in it. Me and Mike talked about it offline. I, f- I feel like this show, when it comes to action, it's hit or miss, but it's hit or miss because what it has to live up to. And what it has to live up to is the action that the Russo brothers did in the Captain America trilogy. Yeah. So when you're watching this show, you're expecting that, but it's not going to be that because it's not the same directors. So it's a different direction. But it still overall feels good. The cap, the uh well, I call him cap now. The cap fight scenes felt solid. Uh like you like this has been said before, Bucky still feels nerfed. But he didn't he didn't feel as nerfed as he did in previous episodes with this episode. So overall, I enjoyed the episode a lot. I don't understand the hate that critics have given this episode. Fans are praising this episode. People are loving it, saying how much they love it and stuff like that. And how the suit looks, comic book accurate suit looks great. And Anthony Mackie proving himself to be Captain America in this episode. Critics, not so much. But then I will have to say this, and I will be honest about this: sometimes critics aren't the dictators of what we love. Yeah. So don't pay attention to critics and pay attention. Listen to the ones that you love, people that you trust, like the one
0: Mike's. like like us motherfucker (laughs) yeah that's good all right man yeah i i
1: I have a i have a question i have a question for delvin real quick i'm sorry axel cut you off i just i I wanted to ask delvin this like what what have you been seeing negative from the critics because and the reason i ask is because even if you are somebody who didn't particularly think this episode was all that great like these are six pretty even episodes. Like, it's not like you yes. have, oh, episode one is amazing. Episode two sucked. Episode yeah. three was middling. Like, they're all about the same level of quality. Like, I, I don't, I can't see somebody who liked the first five episodes watching this one and going, wow, what a piece of shit episode that was. Like, so, like, I'm like, what are they saying? Because, like, it's, it's, it's the show has been, if any, if nothing else, it's been consistent. Funny you should say, I'm going to pull up one of the, the um,
2: reviews right now that i that um Fowler i had sent to me like this review can't even be accurate because it was so vastly different than what everybody's thoughts were give me one second what, you guys can ch- chat for me well oh, okay. okay
0: um i will i want to make one comment that delvin brought up which was the nerfing of bucky mm-hmm. and i think that one thing that we talked about When we originally talked about was that how his power, his power was kind of tied to his own emotional state and his own like belief in himself. And one of the things I noticed in this episode Was that when he's using the arm to try to open the door and he's trying harder and harder and then he finally kind of gets he hears the people yelling and he really gets emotionally into it. I think there's actually a little bit of a look on his face of like kind of just feeling his struggle throughout and then he opens the door and then when he lets everybody out. One of the one of the people says, like, thank you so much. You're a hero. And he looks at them and he's like, I'm a hero. And then he proceeds to the next person who comes up to him. He throws him across the room like he did in Winter Soldier. (laughs) So I do think that the quote unquote nerfing of Bucky, which totally happened, was tied to him not using his full strength because he was afraid to hurt someone and he was afraid to kill someone. And in the end, I really liked that. There was my biggest complaint of this whole season. And this episode was I, I, I really liked everything about it. But the thing that got me was this really is, should have been called, the Falcon, you know, like if he didn't even really need to be called the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, he yeah. Winter Soldier could have just appeared in it. They could have cut a lot of Bucky's shit and it would not have affected this show at all.
1: There, we, oh, Man, I was just about, I was you know? waiting to say the exact same thing.
0: And that's sad, too, because I love Bucky. But that's OK in another sense that they were. I don't know. I almost feel like they may have announced this show without quite knowing what it was gonna be. Like they got excited about it and they were like, We need a new Captain America, so let's get people invested in a antagonistic kind of thing that turns out to not be that at all. Cause there was no there was no point during this entire run that somebody said Bucky should be Captain America. It never happened. <laughs> never came up. It never even came up. So no. there I, was I think, no fight between them to, for the shield. You know, I
1: think I think the purpose of it, and I think they knew this the whole time, and this was the intent. And the, the, I don't know how how one may perceive this if this were the if this is the case. But I feel like the, the the goal after seeing the whole show, I feel like the goal the whole time was to use this as a vehicle to make Sam Captain America, and they didn't really feel like. They could make the Falcon like and just be like, hey, let's make a Falcon show where we make Sam and a Captain America. I feel like they probably they either felt like that wouldn't that wouldn't have played well enough or they were looking at the chemistry that those two had in the in the films and were like we can use that chemistry as a way of getting people to check in on this show which we are going to use to make Sam Captain America. So but yeah, I- exactly what you said. Like there's a lot of stuff with Bucky that didn't even need to be here. That, and and the show would not change at all. Like what was What was that? Uh, oh, I think it was an episode of Big Bang Theory or something like that. I don't think you guys ever even watched that. But someone no. like someone made a point that like the Indiana Jones movies would be the exact same without without uh, Indiana Jones in them. Like the Raiders of the Lost Ark would have played out the same if if Indiana Jones hadn't been in it. And I'm, I'm like, i like, ha- I haven't watched Raiders of the Lost Lost Ark since hearing that. But like, that's kind of how I how I looked at this. Like, yeah, like a lot of this wouldn't have been any different without Bucky. Yeah.
2: Now you got me thinking about that. Now.
1: No, Raiders, <laughs> I think, I'm t- yeah, I'm like, think about it. I don't know. It's been Raiders would
2: have. Yeah, Raiders kind of would have played out the
0: same way. Now that no, I think about it. I, I well, I think that uh, they. That's a that's a question, there, Mike. Isn't it because from the perspective that the show has taken confronting different things i mean especially like the racial inequities in our society or the way people deal with it as well it makes you think were they worried that they couldn't do just a falcon show but probably so i don't know you know what i mean yeah, I it's know. hard to get in, it's hard to get into the corporate mind or whatever Disney is doing because I, it seems to me if I remember correctly and looking through interviews, we might find out when they sat down to write the show because they chose Malcolm Spellman for a reason. They knew they must've known that Sam was going to end up with the shield. Right? So they knew that it was going to be Sam focused. um but, the Bucky stuff just was not important to the show. And especially in this finale, he basically, you know, says, tells Yoshi about his son, looks at them through a window and that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so did you guys think it that was, was so underwhelming quick. too?
0: Yeah, it was so
2: quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I feel like that, it, that part was kind of rushed and I feel like it just kind of went, hey, it felt like we the top this storyline before the show ends, as opposed to... And the thing about... The problem with that Yoshi story is they should have touched on that a little bit more every episode. The fact that we just, like, got it in the first episode, then came back into it at in the end, kind of didn't feel genuine.
0: No, not at all. You know all. what I mean? Yeah.
2: yeah. It kind of... Like, he, he doesn't mention it to Sam at all. He doesn't mention his trouble. He just kind of, like... You know we we know he's dealing with it, but his friend his friend and we get, people can say they want to. They're friends. They're one hundred percent friends. The animosity from the beginning of the show to the end of the show was almost not there. They were just being guys, being guys, and having that animosity towards each other because of they lost. They both lost a friend essentially. They lost. Their, they both lost their best friend, and now they kind of have to lean on each other. So when it comes to most of these storylines, I feel like most of them closed out, some of them better than others. The, one, the main one, which I think is the most important one, to get right was the Sam Wilson storyline. I think they got that one right, and I feel like they got the Isaiah Bradley storyline right in terms of, hey, Isaiah Bradley's still a cranky old man who does not trust the system. But at the end of the story, Sam did it right by
0: him.
1: Yeah at the end of the day he's just a he he, he's a guy with hurt feelings i mean like that that that's i don't want to minimize obviously spending 30 years in prison or anything like that but like at the end of the day there's a guy who um all of his all of his uh hatred or even if it's not hatred but however negativity that he feels um it's all based off the fact that i did this good thing and i was shit on for it and you know they they like you said they did a great job with uh, not just kind of like bringing that back around, but uh, I think it 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 helped add a little bit of context to Sam's uh, decision to ultimately take the shield. And then I, it gave them the opportunity to do that uh, that wonderful scene with the memorial at the end, which which was the best part of the episode to me. Like uh, that was yeah. such a good that was such a good scene. And that was a good scene, even though. Axel almost kind of, sort of spoiled it, like the the last one. Like, (laughs) like, like you jokingly said something like, uh, uh, something about him being in the museum or something like that. And then when they cut cut to it, I'm like, fuck, Axel kind of nailed it. It just made (laughs) sense.
0: I mean, it's historical, you know. It made sense. They had the scene with him and Don Cheadle in the museum, you know, like, yeah, I thought it made sense. It worked very well. That was I noticed noticed that that, by the way, really good. you
1: You noticed you noticed what.
0: Axel
2: kind of nailed that scene, and it was it was two things that made me laugh out loud when I saw it. When I saw that, scene, like Axel nailed that, and then when me and Mike last week were talking about Wing being in the updated uh, Captain America suit, and then when I saw him pop out yeah. of the news, I'm like holy right. crap, we we nailed that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, yep.
1: yeah, and you remember I I complained earlier in the season about the uh, the undramatic ending of the original red wing like y'all ain't gonna make a bigger deal out of this <laughs> so I, but um i i wanted to make a point that axel kind of kind of kind of talked about a little bit when he talked about tying the uh the memorial scene at the end of this episode to the to the scene with don Cheadle in the first episode and i think that's why i found the 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 wrapping up of the yoshi storyline to be underwhelming it's because like, like when i look at shows like this what shows period uh I kind of look at like wh- why was this here so like you know when i when I saw the scene of um well not the scene but the the whole the whole part of the story in the first episode with with uh him talking to Yoshi and us finding out that he killed the son and uh, you know when he was the winner so all that kind of stuff right why is this here so for me I'm looking at it like they showed me this because this is gonna come back around at some point later and it's gonna have some this this seemingly Irrelevant story is going to tie back into the main storyline at some point somehow, and like that's just kind of like how I, you know, that's just what I pick up on based upon just how just how how many shows and movies I've watched, what I've come to like expect and what I generally see. And for that storyline, it's my fault maybe I built it up to something more than it it was, but like I don't know, I expected it to. I mean, it did come back around, it did tie in, but it was like it, it felt like such an afterthought, like 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 a post credit scene or something like, Oh yeah. You remember this from the first episode? Yeah. Let's go talk to him real quick in credits. And it's like, Oh man. Like I thought that was going to be a much bigger deal. Like, like I I felt like that was an opportunity from episode one. I'm like, this, this is gonna. This is an opportunity for a great moment between these two. Whenever this situation gets resolved, like I think it's gonna be a whole thing where the dad's gonna be pissed off, and and they're gonna they're gonna be at odds for a little bit, and then they're gonna reconcile. So, like I think it's gonna be a whole thing, and it was all just all of that time they spent on that in the first episode with the whole the whole date, all that kind of stuff, all for that fucking like forty five second, just like oh yeah, you remember this? Now we're gonna close this out. Uh, you know like, I That was really disappointing to me. You
2: yeah. know what I would have liked that they would have did? If they would have did the exact opposite of Civil War in terms of when Iron Man found out that Winter Soldier killed his mom and dad, he flipped out and lost it. I feel like they could have did a great scene where Yoshi kind of just like, you know what? I forgive you. I know everything is fucked up.
0: Yeah. I'm happy you told me. I forgive you. Let's move on. That's yeah, what like, I thought too, I, I want that closure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wanted more, like maybe he hugs them and they cry. And then yeah, instead yeah. of looking through the window at them, he's at the bar with them. And we get yeah. at least some sense of a completion here that there's a reason why Bucky went through this. Because he's still on the outside looking in at the end of this. He, it, it's not, It's as though we have not seen this journey that we want to see in characters on a TV show, right? Like that's the arc and we're not seeing that arc. It's like it got here and then it kind of went back here, but it's just a little happier. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Like he's still at the same space. So the buck leaving the note, uh, leaving the notebook on his, um, his therapist's uh, desk was a nice little touch. But I also was a little annoyed at that because I was like, wasn't that Steve's notebook too? Don't you want to keep <laughs> <Yeah>. that? Like, <laughs> keep it. Put <laughs> it in the museum or something. Like, don't give it to that grouchy lady, even though I love her on Bosch. Um, I just, it was it was off. I can only hope that, um, the, that they, it's like Bucky is tied to Captain America, whoever Captain America is. And at some point, I do want to see him on his own, right? Like his character. To joke about that too, by the way. What's that? <laughs>
2: Somebody made a funny joke about that on Twitter to say that um, they showed a picture of Bucky and Steve Rogers together as Captain America. Then they showed a picture of Bucky and Sam Wilson as Captain America and says, Bucky has the type. <laughs> <laughs> it's true,
0: though, right? It's totally true. Bucky's the gimp. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they just keep oh, on turning around. <laughs> he's even got the leather you know i mean come on it's just he oh, needs man. he needs to strike out on his own he really does hey hey delvin did you find some of those negative comments because we were going to dive I into that oh, before yeah.
2: I'll, I'll read one of the i don't want to name the company who did the review but they were saying i don't want to read this whole thing but it's a lot it says unfortunately everything around the core storyline is a mess of rushed conclusions which denies other characters the depth or exploration they equally deserve This ultimately makes for a deeply unsatisfying conclusion to what otherwise have been a fascinating and thoughtful examination of how the MCU deals with the world's hardest issues. That is a five
1: review. Wow. What do you mean a five? Five out of ten. Oh, wow. Okay. I I mean... To to a degree that is accurate because that's exactly what we just said happened with the uh, <laughs> with yeah. the Yoshi storyline. But I don't feel like that was across the board a thing where it's like characters were underserved. Um, you know, it, it, especially if we're if we're talking about this specific episode. Um, yeah. Like I said, the show has been, if nothing else, has been consistent uh, in quality. And I, I I don't see how you can look at this and be like, hey, all of a sudden I feel like everybody was underserved. Like, okay, yeah. We we mentioned earlier about Bucky and then now this thing with Yoshi. But um, I don't know. I don't look at I don't see this episode being somehow markedly worse than the other ones. Like that just seems very strange to me.
2: And to kind of touch on the opposite side of that spectrum, I feel like John Walker was served very well in this episode in terms of somebody who not saying he's likable now, but. You can see the arc of this character who started off kind of being this kind of arrogant character who like, I'm Captain America. Things are going to be done my way. But his arrogance kind of hid his lack of confidence in himself holding that mantle. Mm -hmm. Then going forth and losing his best friend. Then coming to this episode, finding out that the person who killed his best friend felt like his best friend didn't even matter. And then when push came to shove, even with that Kmart shield he had, <laughs> he had, he had a choice to make whether he can be a spirit of vengeance, a la Ghost Rider, or <clears throat> do the right thing and save people. And he, even though he willfully wasn't able to do it to, by himself, he made the right choice. I'm like, you know what? I'll put this, my anger aside to save to do the right thing. And that's something that shows a lot of character with him because he kind of went out. His whole mission when he came back to that area was to kill the person who killed his friend. Yeah, He did not have any other ideal on his head or whatsoever. He wasn't about for justice or nothing like that. He wanted pure revenge. And he left that situation being a hero. Now, was it the hero that we needed or wanted? No, but he left out that situation being better for it and not killing Carly, which he initially went out there to do.
1: Now, where is, where do they take him now though? Because like, you know, in the episode we, we, we see Julia Louis-Dreyfus again and she gives him the, the fancy new suit, quote unquote, and it's just a different color scheme. And, He's totally hype about this, right? Like, yeah, new so cool. And they spent a lot of time in this episode kind of trying to give him like a face turn. But I don't know about you. I don't feel like that's the direction they want to keep him in.
2: I I know exactly where he goes, in my opinion, what I think he's going to do. He's essentially going to be the U.S. version of the Winter Soldier. Quote, unquote. All the co-op missions that they don't want people to know about, the dirty stuff, he's going
1: to be doing. That's, w- that's what I think, too, which was why it's interesting to me that f- they had this character be just a complete and total heel for the entire series until that one moment, like in this episode, when he's not, and then we're going to take him back there, probably. I, just, I don't the, know. I, that just yeah, seemed I odd know. to have, 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 have him be good thing. for a moment.
2: This is the oh. interesting thing about it. We don't necessarily know if Julie, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus' character is a good guy or a bad guy. I feel like she's more in the gray area. Like even when she said the thing about oh, Zemo blew up the these the, the last super soldiers. Pity. It was a good thing, but it was a pity. She said that kind of like, Yeah, we the people I work for yes. had a hand
1: in that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yes. That's 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 what wh- I well, wh- you mean like in a see to me that was a, a I, I took that as her firmly being a bad guy. Yeah like she Oh, okay. You said we didn't know if she I was say, gonna be a good I, or bad guy. I'm I, like, I feel like she's in the
2: gray area. Like she's doing what's good for the people that she works for, and okay. yes, they may work for the U.S. government, but we don't know. Especially with the whole Winter Soldier thing, where Shield was Hydra and Hydra was Shield, it was all built together. We don't know what she necessarily thinks is the good of the
1: government. They may be. I, good, get, I get what you're saying yeah, now. Yeah. I get the distinction you're making. Yeah, definitely. But
0: I well, um. Oh, I was going to say, Mike, I think this is like in the beginning when I kind of liked John Walker uh, and it was because of the actor and because of other stuff he had been in. But I that's why I gave him the benefit of the doubt in the first scene when, when especially that scene when he's there with his wife before Good Morning America, when we really learn about him mm-hmm. um, and in the conversations that he has with Lamar, you see a man who is somewhat suffering from maybe PDSD from his experiences in afghanistan they talk about that day where everything could have went where it went wrong mm-hmm. you know and there's that connection that is also mentioned with with um sam where like come on we've got to get our heads back together i know how tough it is to be a soldier so i thought that it was weird jumping around the courtroom when he's like, I'm back, baby. I'm <laughs> back. Like that was a little mm-hmm. weird after you just killed a motherfucker in front of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like a little mm-hmm. weird. But um I kind of I did kind of like his journey because I think it le I think both he and Julia Louis his character do represent this gray area. Where and almost the same thing with Sharon as the power broker. Which we're gonna talk about. I like when Marvel does that. And when the some of the complaints that people have had, and like what Delvin read and I don't know, man, you know, it's just like when we Yes, when we started, and I also think it's it's judging something from a different framework. This isn't Watchmen. This isn't Damon Lindelof's Watchmen where he has some crazy high-minded um like auteur vision for this superhero thing. This isn't The Dark Knight where Christopher Nolan is like, you know, jacking off to freaking different film <laughs> sizes and stuff like that, okay? This is a more generalized story. It's a superhero moral tale right? It is in many ways allegory for what's going on in the world today. And I think that those that drill down so deeply into it like that are kind of missing the point that the people creating it are in a sense, you know, they're making, and I don't want to say it bad because I I really enjoyed this show, but more McDonald's than they are making their own personal homemade recipe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a mix. And when you do that, you do have to appeal to a wider audience and you do have to deal with larger themes rather than drilling down into individual characters where we spend an entire episode of Bucky grappling with killing people while he was a super soldier being controlled by word, you know? So I would have liked a little bit more of Bucky but I'm not mad at them. Like I still liked what we got and I still thought what they did was interesting. And if we have the opportunity to return to Yoshi or the girl at the bar whose name I can't remember or that situation. Great. If we jump back into the next big war or something and Bucky is there or winter soldier, whoever he is and he shows up and he redefines himself through that. I'm cool with that too. So generally, a lot of. I just want to quickly run through some of the feedback, if I can. Gareth said had a few good beats and some positive message messages, but he was a little underwhelmed. Still enjoyed it. Need to process it. Andy agreed mostly with Mike, um, but enjoyed the series. Scott was very, you know, he was not a big fan of this series.
1: <laughs> and I th- what is it what did he have? what did we have anything with his issues like what what did he like no, about no i mean
0: i think that he just back. said it's <laughs> he he, he what well, wait what did you say delvin take that time back <laughs> i want to take it back wait hold on here you go <laughs> take, take here you go ah snatch it um uh no, well i mean he wrote a he wrote a lot on it but i would have to say scott knows what he's talking about and i think I think what it is is I think he was he was bothered by the things I think we forgive. And I think a lot of these critics, it's like you said, Delvin, you can't sit and watch the wire and then this and use the same lens for it, right? You have to change your lens. And I will I think, give you a better example. Go you ahead. can't watch WandaVision, then this. Yeah, that's true. They're they're different <laughs> shows and you have to see what they were going for. And for this it primarily was action you're learning about people through through these through the decisions that they make in the heat of battle and stuff and overall i thought it achieved that um but just to say what scott had to say was basically about the characterization and and the depth to it and he felt it wasn't very deep um and for so at many points i could agree with him we could probably do a pod and chat about it with him but overall I I'm more on the. I think we're we all agree. I was I watched the first half hours like an action scene. Yeah, it was a. I loved it. I was like, like a mini Marvel movie. Yeah, I was riveted from the beginning. I was like, I'm in, baby. And then there were some things I was disappointed about, but generally speaking, for Marvel and what they've done over all these films, they are learning how to get deeper into the characters, and this is another positive step. It's not the end. It's not the best series ever, but it's another positive step towards learning how to get more in depth with these characters while still including all the cool shit that we love.
2: I'm gonna give one of the highest praises I can give for this show, as opposed to something else. I watched I'm one of the people who watched WandaVision and liked WandaVision a lot. I know Mike had was mixed mixed on it and things like that. That being said, I would not watch WandaVision again. I would 100% on a day when I have nothing to do, watch the whole Falcon and Winter Soldier again. Yeah. Because it's that kind of show. And I think that's the vast difference between these shows. WandaVision feels like something that you could watch once. and Like, okay, that was cool for the moment. But once you get the trick about the show and you get that vibe for the show, you're like, okay, I'm done. I see what I need to see with the show. I can move on. This show, much like The Mandalorian for that matter, I can go back and watch both of those shows over and over yeah. again. Like, oh yeah. yeah, just for the action sequences and the fun little banter and things like that. And I think that's that's important to me. Yeah, watching rewatchability is very important to me. Just going back and like getting back into that world for a few episodes, especially since it's short. It's only six episodes, so I rather I could see myself easily getting back in the six months down the line and saying, "Let me just watch Falcon and Winter Soldier again and getting the feel for it." As opposed to shows like one division
0: yeah. so that 's high praise yeah. in my and, opinion. and I think also I have to stand up for some people who don 't get a lot of praise in film production, who are stuntmen, who are uh, s f x people stuntmen stunt men and women s f x people just the um uh, the the vehicle wranglers the the costume design like we love to talk about premiere TV based upon the depth or artistic innovation we see. But we often forget that some of the action scenes in this show are the best that have ever been in a TV show. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, this is at levels of film. It's like when people would shit on Game of Thrones, and I would say, okay. You might not like the dialogue that came out of the person's mouth, but did you see that fucking dragon behind them? That looked real like yeah. 20 years ago. That's not what five years ago. That's not what TV looked like. So I, I am, I'm okay as a viewer and as a kind of a critic Um, to say, okay, we can level out here and this show may have not had at like all the emotional depth that I've wanted out of certain characters. Um, but the, the, just the quality of the production is amazing. I keep on thinking back on that little walk through the German countryside that Sam and Bucky had. And like, what was that episode three when they're just hanging out? And that, that was just gorgeous. Like it, that looked beautiful. And I mean, I don't know. I could go on and on, but I can see other people's points. So people like Scott and other critics, hell, I used to be one of them. And I I think I used to look down on these um, productions. But now I really let myself be taken away and have fun with them. And that's a big thing, too. You know, I had a lot of fun. Let me ask you guys this. Mike, what did you think of Sharon being the power broker? I don't think we've addressed it directly yet.
1: No, uh, um, <clears throat> uh, well. For me, it was—I uh, mean, it, it was an underwhelming reveal because it was something that I theorized episode two. I think yeah. so. You know, I, I, it, it was just you know coming to light something that I already had known. And I, I was—I was thinking about that actually before we started recording how that might have hit for people who don't put the amount of effort that the three of us put into uh, I, just putting a magnifying glass on the the content that we consume. And like, you know, how, I, I'm curious how that reveal would have hit for someone who was not not only didn't see it coming, but like wasn't even trying to figure out who the power broker was. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, that, that's one of those situations where it's just like for me, I, I spent so much time like looking at it through a through through a magnifying glass. And I'm just like, OK, oh, they're trying to tell me the power broker is somebody important. Oh, who's the power broker then? Oh, man, it must be, you know, all you know, you get into that theorizing and yeah it's like you want to be right or do you want to be surprised and uh, I, I personally fortunately for me i i enjoy very much being right but uh it, it was a, a, a unsurprising reveal for obvious reasons but um i i really like that direction i like the di- and and because also i don't even think that this is a surface level kind of reveal where we're just looking like, Oh, Sharon is a bad guy now. Oh man. Like, I feel like there's something deeper than that. Like, I, like she might, she might actually still be a good guy. Like she could be, you know, working for someone else. Fuck. That might not even be Sharon. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, okay. Cause I'm like, I'm like, that could be a scroll. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, cause I, I keep thinking about the secret invasion and, and stuff like that. Like, Like, that might not even be Sharon. So, like, there's so many cool things that they can take that. And I like the fact that they were willing to take a character who was um, put in the most positive light the last time we saw her. Like, oh, this is Steve Rogers' love interest. Like, this is like someone, this this is an important, good character. And to to take her and and go, like, let's make her the bad guy. And even if you don't, even if you are somebody who looks at the power broker situation kind of like the same way, you know, the Flag Smashers have a interesting perspective on, on how to do things. If, if you're somebody who looks at the power broker, somebody who's like, oh, maybe this isn't all that bad of a guy or something, something like that, they gave you that. I, I really liked the added thing at the end after she got her job back and she's walking out on the phone like, we might be out of super soldier serum, but guess what? I'll get you now. <laughs> like government secrets. Oh, I'm like, oh, man, like I really like that. The decision to take it in that direction and even still being able to sit here and go we don't even know if that's actually sharon we don't even know if she's got some double triple uh fucking plan like so i, I think the direction is great I-, I like the fact that i like the added scene at the end with her you know getting reinstated and, and getting her part getting her job back and hopping on the phone with because now i get to theorize who is she on the phone with so like yeah, it, it, there's a whole lot of positive ways they can take this. So I thought it was a pretty wise move on their part to actually have it be sharing, even more so than I thought it was at the time that I guessed it. I was just kind of like, oh, this would be cool, but it, it's it's even it's even cooler now that it's happened.
0: Yeah, I dug it. I really dug it. I thought it was cool. I think it works. I think it works for her history in the MCU. I think that she is awesome. I like to see her again. Like you said, I like the idea that we don't know who she's talking to. Is she working for the Count Contessa? Are they working together? Is there another person? I like all that. I didn't need there to be a complete resolution to all of this because that's what the MCU is. It continues. And Mm -hmm. uh, um, I didn't have a problem with it. I kind of thought I still thought it would be cool if it was Yoshi's son in some way, you know, or they're working together. It still might be. They clearly didn't give a fuck about that part. Yeah, they didn't care. (laughs) They didn't care at all. But here's here's a real quick prediction. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Axel. No, I'm good. That's all I had to say.
1: Oh, uh, I was gonna say real quick prediction. I'm guessing that she is um, talking to Nick Fury.
0: Ooh, interesting. I like that. I like that. I like that very much. That's very cool. How about you, Delvin? I thought it was good. I thought it was cool. I'm
2: I'm happy. It was predictable, but it made sense, as opposed to Ralph Boner. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I like when you put those little threads out there and they come back together. Like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. It's not out of the ordinary. It's not ridiculous. Why wouldn't she be the power broker? This is somebody who worked with the Avengers <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a close strategic level. Yeah. Why wouldn't she go into the regular world and be able to just dominate stuff? And then – Going into knowing that information, I'm, I'm very interested to see where they take it at, how far they go with it. Is she a scroll? Is she not a scroll? Is she bad? Is she in this gray area of just special ops? Maybe she's working for Nick Fury. Maybe she's not. Who else could they bring into this power broker situation to make it more cooler? And yeah. I, I like how the only thing I didn't like about that part is like Batrock. and I'll tell you why. We saw Bat Rock in the first episode in this episode come on and even in the Winter Soldier, come off like a complete badass. To get to this one scene where they're in this dark hall, he just gets shot. And that's it. He just gets taken out like that. I'm like, damn, really? He <laughs> you know, did all this leaping and cool fighting, and Sharon just shoots him one time and apparently he's dead. Like, come on, man. Like, we we could have gave him a better ending than that. I hope that's not the, end, the last we see of Batrock, no. but if it is, I'm like, come on,
0: man. No that's, way. That's, we'll see that's him corny. again. I think we'll see him again, Delve. I agree. I think that that to me had all the earmarks of, oh, that was so quick. We're definitely seeing him again like that. Mm-hmm. He had because that's kind of his thing. He pops up, you know, and I think he's a pop up guy and he's going to pop up again um, overall. Okay. I like, yeah, the, I think we all agree about the Sharon thing. I think it, it does lead to a whole host of other cool espionage, spy, weird stuff. And I love the Nick Fury idea. I think that's really cool. Because, right, the last time we saw him, he's on the moon. He's uh, right. He's hanging out mm-hmm. <laughs> with mm-hmm. scrolls.
1: Yeah, with scrolls. That's, so, what, that's why That's why I said like she yep. might be a scroll. That might be a scroll that's working for Nick Fury.
0: I like it because he can't because now Nick Fury doesn't trust anybody, right? And I no. like that. I, I think that that's a cool idea for Nick to be out on his own, being like, you know, you're not going to fool me twice. Um, get these mm-hmm. motherfucking snakes. I love <laughs> that <laughs> movie was so funny, man. Um, all right, let's get to Sam. We we've talked a lot about. Let's talk about Sam's whole journey here, and I mean, we have the suit, the speech. Um, I have to say there's been a lot of talk about the suit. I know that it's comic accurate. Um I I have to say I was a little disappointed. Reason why is because I wanted them to jump and him it to be more like an Iron Man Captain America Falcon suit. I wanted more like it just seemed it looked a little puffy. To me, just the actual construction of it didn't look so solid. The wings were awesome and what he was able to do with them and the cool shit he did. But for me, I was and I'm not a huge fan and he's not the first superhero to have the kind of half head thing going on around the ears. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I just have to say I was a little let down by the suit. He was great. The acting was great. The the um, the CGI was great, but just the suit itself was a little lacking to me. I wanted it to be a little more Iron Man-ish. I thought they were going to bring it all the way up to that and surprise us and he was going to do like the ch- and it was going to the shield was going to come down and he was going to be like because I I want him to be more I guess I want him to have powers in some way, or I'm always worried about him (laughs) Like when he gets punched. I'm like, he's just a dude, but (laughs) you know, I don't know. I was a little, I was let down. I have to admit I was let down. He wore it well, but I wish it didn't look so puffy to me. It looked very, it looked, uh, I don't know how to describe. It just looked like somebody made it at home a little bit. Like there was a little cotton, like when you touched it, it'd be soft. I think that's because
2: of the color of the suit, because um Captain America's first suit is very similar in terms of the material, but it's a darker color,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: so it's not as pronounced
0: less, when you see it in like. white
2: it, you can see all the kind of puffiness in the suit, yeah, yeah so I can see what you see by that yeah
1: I, I, i'm I, I fall not quite as far as Axel does, but like i I made the same note. Like I, I, but I didn't have expectations for what it would look like, so I wasn't thinking like, oh, I wanted some kind of Iron Man thing. I didn't have any kind of expectation or desire. I expected it to look the way it did, like visually by design, like and it did, and that's fine. But I also noted, I'm like, why does he look so like bulky in it? Like, I like I noted that too. So like, like I I do wish it looked a little bit more, a little bit sleeker. I feel like the best, the my favorite is the way they had cap in winter soldier like it was a darker it was a darker suit but like the fit of it and the yes. look of it was like super badass yes. so i was hoping something for like a little bit more in that vein as far as like the appearance and the fit but like the colors of it the design of it all that was like like you said comic book accurate that's kind of what i expected uh, just with you know, obviously a little bit update, you know, updated kind of looking version of it. But yeah, I know I noted that too. I was like, it, it looks a little bulky to me. Yeah,
2: yeah, I noticed that. I, I like the suit a lot. Honestly, I like that it looks like the comic books. And when when you have, I feel like Marvel does so many kind of like, all right, we're not going to give you exactly the comic book suit. We're going to give you just good enough. And to see them get so far to like, no, we're gonna give you a comic book suit for this one. I like, that's pretty cool. And I like the fact that the wings are a lot more durable. I think me and Mike talked about that before. Well, like last week we talked about it, had that conversation. Like, hey, them wings get tore up a lot. And the fact that, like, first first back when you see them in action, you see a helicopter hit the wings. And it's like, well, that didn't do anything to the wings. (laughs) Like, oh, okay, like these wings are a lot stronger than the ones he had before. I think yeah, that's pretty cool, the way he yeah. moves with him. Yep. The thrusters in the back that yep. are kind of gives him kind of this almost a power booster in terms of like he, how now he can lift up a truck. Like, okay, that's pretty cool. if He puts the bu- boosters on the stuff. I so he's kind of a little bit stronger, but not really. It's because of the boosters on the on the suit kind of gives him a little bit more and adds it gives a little bit more power to him. So while he's not as strong as Cap, he has a little bit of boosted power.
1: Yeah. Did you did you make that connection, Delvin or, or Axel as well? And, and I, I I don't know if this I, I assume this was intentional, but this is a, this is the connection that I made. But in that scene where he he powers up the, uh, you know, lifts back up that truck that was teetering off the side of that building. Like I I that scene very closely aligns with the the helicopter scene yes. in in Winter Soldier. And like, the, like that, yeah, like to me, exact same scene, exact yeah. same yes. scene just with different uh, well you know I'm not going to I'm not going to yeah. your intelligence by explaining oh, they the were difference doing that you know, about, that's
0: different. like when bucky did <laughs> yeah. the motorcycle thing you know I what think- i mean yeah they were they were they 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 did a couple of they did a couple of uh callbacks through action in this episode that i thought were really cool and i have yeah. to agree with you guys i love the wing part i'll say it again the i just wish that the wings were the whole outfit you know i loved everything they added i liked the way that he was, um, he just seemed like to be, yeah, maneuvering and just in tune with the suit. You know what I mean? And it was scraping on walls and doing all the. And when he went down into the water and he shot back out and you could see the lights coming. It was, the action was amazing. I don't have it, anything. I mean, it's just, it would just be me for a half an hour going, that was cool. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, it was really cool.
2: feels a lot more powerful. Like, it can go definitely, underwater now and it definitely. can speed through water. It can go through flight and flies faster and moves better. It gives him more fighting ability, apparently.
0: Yeah.
2: It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool and it works for the character. It's like, hey, we know Sam Wilson isn't strong as Captain America, but he can do a pretty uh, some few, few cool
0: things as well as just a regular human in this suit that's kind of specifically made for him. So I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. I like when it wraps around him and envelops him. Because I also almost feel like the suit is like almost like a ship. Like if he went far enough into space, it could like wrap around him and he could be like, I got my own spaceship. You know what I mean? Like he's flying around or something. I I love that aspect of it. I just even wanted to, um, and we'll see more as time goes on. But really for me, it was just a puffiness. Everything else I thought was pretty awesome. He did seem stronger. Mike, I have to agree with you the fight with batrock was uh, in comparison to calling it back to the captain yeah. other captain america fight was just not there you know it was it just seemed a little rushed and I, I, but it was also a bit like sam getting used to still like this whole thing at certain points he's learning how to use the new suit um that fight was a little uh, for me but all the other action stuff was just super. Like I, I don't know, man. I'm just watching it going, awesome,
1: cool. Yeah, I was like, they were probably about 17 minutes or so into the episode, and th- that's when I looked at looked at my not my watch, but looked to see how, the the progress bar, like how far I was into the episode. Because I'm like this just opened up like just balls to the wall action just like from yeah. the jump and but and then when i looked and saw that i was like 17 minutes into the episode it became clear to me i'm like this is gonna probably make up most of this episode yeah. and i'm totally here for it <laughs> so yeah definitely. yeah it was pretty cool
0: let's talk about the speech because i think that that was um a big deal i mean we we're kind of skipping past i guess you know the stuff that happened with uh with Carly and we talked we talked about the flag smashers, but what there's been a lot said about this speech that Sam gave. I both liked it and disliked it for its length. I disliked it because I felt at some point I, one point I was like, man, he's still talking. Like, <laughs> this, is like this is a long fucking speech, but I also liked the way that it was, He kept... He wasn't repeating himself. He was taking it to the next level. Like, every time he said something. And I I really like that because I think that this show, it did take a chance. And sometimes, like we talked about with the police incident in the street, it didn't come off as successful as we thought. With other things, with Isaiah, it did. I thought that this was a bit long, a bit speechy, but it was a speech, but I thought it was great because it was like in front of the world and he was just kind of, it was like, I felt like he was challenging himself in the speech. It seemed like, you know, he was getting lost in the ideas in a sense, but he kept on elevating it. I, I don't know. Overall, I thought it was pretty cool that they took the time to include this in the show. I was rather surprised they didn't cut it down more. What were your guys' reaction to this? You want to go first, Michael? Or want me to go because I have some interesting
2: thoughts on it.
1: Well, You, you can go ahead because I've already talked about it a little bit on the initial reaction anyway. And then Axel, the length of it was something I was going to talk about a little bit too. So you can go ahead. I feel like this
2: speech was the show talking to the viewers. What I mean by that, because everything that he said in this speech was parallel to everything that's going on today in society. Right. And I think they did that intentionally. Like even the whole thing where he was—he was basically talking about a lot of things. He was talking—he was talking about the issue with Black Lives Matter. Yeah. He was particularly talking about this issue with kids in cages in this country. Because one of the things that struck me what made me realize what he was talking about was he kept saying like, "You guys have all the power, you senators." You people in politics have all the power and you watch all this go on and you choose to do nothing. And he kept saying that. He kept saying things like that, like, hey, everything that's going on and all these people that are having problems, these people, because the flag smashes." you can compare them to the immigration situation in America. And how these are people that kind of get left behind. Kind of get neglected, kind of get pushed to the side, kind of get told, that, Hey, you don't have you don't have any rights or privilege to what's going on in this country." And Sam Wilson, at this point in time, was telling you, "Like No, all these problems that are going on in this country, you can fix. You just choose not to fix these problems." And me saying this as a black man in my position of power, I know that the the eyes can be put on me saying this, but at this point in time, I'm I don't care. Because somebody's going to take the heat for this. It's going to be me. But you guys are going to have to fix these issues. And it's going to be taking more than just Captain America going around beating up people. When you guys have the powers to solve these problems, I think that's kind of just the allegory for America. America has so many problems that we all say, hey, what's stopping you guys from solving this? And it's a whole bunch of red tape and political jargon and BS that stops all these problems from happening. Like, hey, you want police reform? You run the country. You run the government. What stopping you from doing it? You want to stop the immigration issue in the country? You have all the power. You have all the money. And the thing about and the thing that you kept harping on is like, when you want things done in this country in terms of the government and the senators and stuff like that, when it benefits them, they get it done quickly. But as soon as it comes to benefiting others, then they have a problem with it. I think that was a really cool, interesting way to do it, even if it may have been long-winded or not. But that point felt like They put that there to put out a message for not only the people who are on the show, but to the viewer themselves.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, totally. I, 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 it was definitely that, like they were definitely trying to say, Hey, we want to talk to the viewers and this is how we're going to do it. Um, And, and I had a couple takeaways from the speech. That was your, your point about, uh, you know, you guys have all the power and you don't do it. Like that was uh, one of the takeaways I had. And the other was, about getting down to the root cause of why people dissent. And, you know, he talked about the flag smashers. And and the, the best part of the speech to me was when he said something like these people died to 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 make their point. Like, have you ever given any thought as to why they would be willing to do something like that? And that is was the most interesting part to me because that's, that's how, that's, again, that's what we're dealing with here right now. You hear people say uh, how dare Colin Kaepernick disrespect the flag and people don't think like, okay, it's not about the flag. It's think, why is he doing this? Why is he kneeling? Why, and it, the point is to get to the root cause of, of the, the, uh, the, the reasons that these people are upset. And I feel like that's something that we really needed to to get to. I liked that aspect of, of of talking to the audience that way and making that point but um i also liked there were times where they cut back and forth while he was while he was speaking and they had a really good shot of isaiah and the grandson watching him and i I can't recall but i feel like he looked like he was tearing up like watching sam on tv uh, saying what he was was saying yeah so like i thought that was a really cool shot um, and then, like I said, the only kind of negative that I took away from it is I did feel like it was a little long because it's one of those things where like, you know how if you have like, like a, like a gag on a, on a show, right. And you guys, you guys are familiar with the the family guy gag where Peter yes. hurts his knee and goes like, ah, like for a real long time. Like, and you have something like that where it's like, when you first see it, it's not that funny. Then it it goes on for a really long time and it starts to be funny for how long it's taking and then it keeps going and then it's not funny anymore. That's kind of what the speech was for me. It was kind of like, oh, man, he's making some great points. I love how they're talking right to the audience and they're telling us what's going on in this country. And it was like, it's he, still OK. And it, it, it got to the point where I'm like, OK, maybe you're maybe you could ease off the gas a little bit. Here.
2: <laughs> it, it almost feels like. They were like, "Hey, we lo- we're glad you enjoyed the show, but we do want to hear everything we got to say right <laughs> now." Yes. That, yes. If you want <laughs> if you if you want this show to continue, <laughs> yeah, you have to listen to all these
1: things. <laughs> yeah, you're going you're going to get this uh enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I was, yeah.
0: And it was all good though. Like I'm not I don't think that they misstep. I don't think that there was um <clears throat> something when I rewatched it that I was like, oh, wait, that's kind of hinky. No, I think that all the points he made were great. I thought that, um, especially Delvin, I like what you said about the immigration thing, because that's an interesting point that I picked up on too. And it's part of the whole Flag Smashers, which is that They are going to move these 20 million people now, right? Like it's going to happen and and the MCU is going to have to deal with this. And this is going to be a further tale of the post blip world. And I like that. I think that's cool, but it also brings into account when people in our country say we don't why are people from Honduras coming here? why are people from uh, whatever South American or Central American country coming here to America this isn't their country, and they neglect to understand the effect that the United States has on their country or the reason that they might be coming here is because of things that went on on a higher level between countries and a, and a world economy. And I think that I find it extremely interesting that the MCU is taking that on because that's also something that Disney as a company, gets a lot of shit on, which is that one world, like, you know, the colors of Benetton, Disney wants everybody to be equal, but we're America. But a lot of people are like, but America's better, you know, and we're sitting here going, no, like, let's listen to other countries. Let's talk to other people. Let's find out about their stories, why they did something. Even going back to nine eleven, where I mean, for 20 years, it's been anathema in this country. To do the old thing, one person's freedom fighter is another person's terrorist. And I think it was pretty brave of Disney to bring that to the forefront of this series here, which is to actually talk about that, which is like, think about why a terrorist does what they do. They don't do it because they're just a stock bad guy that they were cast in that role. Like these are actual human beings doing this. So I like the speech. I liked the format of it where like the whole world is watching, you know, Um, I liked the way they played into it. They never got around to clearing up the whole police incident and they never brought it up again, (laughs) but it did help Bucky get a little woke. Um, And uh, in general, I like that Sam became Captain America in the way that he did in the show. I like the way they dealt with it. Mike, you made reference in your initial reaction when the person said, That's Black Falcon. And then he said, yeah. No. That's Captain America, <laughs> oh, right? Like,
1: yeah. uh, not, but it that's, was that's that's me just that's me being me. <laughs> like, I you know I just don't like that kind of shit. Like, don't give me this fucking corny eight the line written yeah. by an eight year old. Like, if I could say your line at the same time as you, it, no, come on. It's <laughs> like I, I admit that's me be, me doing the most. That's just me being me. But come on, man, that's okay.
0: Like, but it did it made a it made a it was making a point in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, <gasps> yeah, it was. If we can evolve and change and he is Captain America now so accept Mm -hmm. it motherfucker like you know what I'm saying he's not Black Falcon he's Captain America
1: I I was about to say Dale probably going to say the same thing I was about to say
2: (laughs) I think I am because not only that but comic books have a bad history of every black superhero they just put black in front of his name like Black Bolt (laughs) Black Panther Yeah, I think that was kind of making a joke about that and a pun about like hey we don't have to name every black superhero black something Exactly. And, and I think that was kind of like, hey, maybe we need to stop doing that. Maybe, like, hey, Falcon is just Falcon. He's not Falcon anymore. He's Captain America. Let's stop calling our black superheroes black something.
0: Right. You know? like it's, it's something different. Uh, it, it's yeah, funny
2: yeah. when you think about it, but well, it's I mean, not I funny it, because it's reality. Like, it, it's like, hey, it,
0: kinda,
2: like, me being a comic book fan for 30 plus years, it's kind of hard to be like, reading af- comic books that reflect me and Mike for that matter. And every character, like, hey, there's Black Lightning. <laughs> there's Black Vote, <laughs> There's this su- black superhero who's talking about jive turkeys and stuff. Like, like come on. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> we
0: got we to gotta warn you. <laughs> before you pick this up, white people, we must warn you. It's black person. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, before you buy this book,
2: <laughs> the main hero is a black guy. Yes. Like, Let us I tell you. <laughs>
0: And I, I I dig that I I think for me too. That's something that I um, I, I in my own personal like struggle in like inside watching it and thinking maybe and I said on the show maybe they he shouldn't be Captain America he should be something totally new right like, I, but I like that's why I like the way they did it and that they tied it into that. Because that, that does make sense, you know, that he's Captain America now. Um, and overall, I don't know, man. I just, I think that they really, they went for it. They weren't always successful. But I have to say, I was actually pretty surprised at the amount of time they gave these issues and, where they were right about it too i don't know if i expected that you know and i have to give them a little credit i know a lot of people would say hey that's shitty but when my son watches this he gets the point you know what i'm saying and it means something to him and i think that that's meaningful in today's day and age and in this world that a kid can sit there a little white kid can sit there watching it and say hey dad what is you know, and we can have a discussion about it or talk about it, you know, and um, they accomplish that. So kudos to them. I agree. Cool. I, I do want to say this, and I thought it was
2: interesting. I thought the Flag Smashers concept was interesting because I never really thought about, hey, all after the blip and all these people come back, half the world comes back. The world is gonna have huge problems with overpopulation. Yeah, I like, like within that. what that was five years. Mm-hmm. Within those five years, people were born. People may have died. But a lot of people were born and stuff like that. And also, people have grown. But then we have all these people who are coming back from the blip, who didn't die. Like no, none of those people died during that time.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great so point.
2: They were just kind of like in hibernation. They just all come back at one time. So I'm quite sure that that. Became a huge logistical issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When they, there was a line in the show that actually made it hit home for me where I was like, Oh shit. I, I I hadn't considered it that way, but they said the one of the, one of the politicians, I think said something like, like, what do you do when you come back and somebody else is living in your house? Yes. I was like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, I could see that. How about you come back and they're fucking your wife? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and your kids are calling them dad. Like people have to move on. I find that to be really fascinating. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the Leftovers, which was the Woo. HBO series. And Preach. you know, the way that they dealt with issues like that. If you are interested in that people, I tell you, watch the Leftovers. Because they really get into all this kind of blip stuff. And I wonder if... Man, I should do a Google search to see if anyone has ever asked anyone in the MCU, did they watch The Leftovers? Because that's... I can't think of another that's show great that question. dealt with that kind of dilemma, you know? Uh, it really is fascinating. But the Flag Smashers are all... All those super soldiers are dead now, right? Zemo yes. took all of them out. We didn't get to see... Um, what you had thought would happen, Delvin, which is the creation of the the thunderbolts, right? But
2: yes, what I still what? Don't do not understand why he had to go to prison for that? By the way, how do you think they handled? <laughs> I don't that, get Delvin. that concept. Of like, hey, I need to be in prison to get these orders <laughs> put out there. Like, no, you didn't. You could have just put on the run. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> what What was your? How do you feel about that, Delvin? Because that was something you were looking forward to. To them setting that whole thing up. How do you feel how that came out? And what do you think about the future for that?
2: I like that they're showing that Zemo still has reach in prison. I like that they're giving – alluded to like, hey, Zemo's not working alone. He's working with some pretty powerful people. I like those aspects of it. I still don't understand why he had to go to prison unless there's another ulterior motive to that. Like maybe he's in prison to find his own group or something like that. But otherwise, I thought it was okay. I like the fact that they're like, hey, there's no more super soldiers. Let's get that idea right out the window right now. Um, but overall, it's cool. I, like I said, they, they tied up the story pretty well, but I think they could have done more with that. And I'm interested to see how far they go with developing the genius and intellect of Zemo and see if all these things tie together maybe in the Captain America 4 or somewhere else down the line.
0: Yeah. I'd like to see him get his own series. I mean, That'll be interesting. I, I love Daniel Brühl. I think he's an amazing actor and I think that I like what they did with Zemo this uh this series. we never even got a chance to talk about that hour-long dance mix of him going like this that Marvel <laughs> released which I thought was fun. I like that kind of character. You know what I mean? And I think that he's unique because he his his Reason for being, I feel is fully fleshed out and I can understand like where he's coming from. He speaks his mind. He's not just like nameless bad guy. So I I, I thought it was pretty cool. And I, I I liked the way a lot of the end of this episode was like a coda, like we got to wrap stuff up, yeah. but we knew that was going to happen that way. And I kind of liked that they took out all those super soldiers, except for that one dude, that kind of really good looking dude who was always hanging out with Carly. I kind of felt like he might've had a future in the MCU. I thought his acting was pretty good, but um, yeah. other than that, you know, they're all, they're, I don't, we're not going to see, I think that's, is that the end of the flag smashers? You, you think we're going to see them, come back or anything like
2: that? 100%. Okay, cool. I don't think we'll get the Super Soldier version of him, but I think the Flag smashes will lead to like resistant groups and things like that. I think they will always be like a terrorist cell. May not be called the Flag Smashers, but they'll be offshoot of that group Yeah, in terms of everything that happened based on like Carly right now, many people will consider her a martyr. True. So I think that will lead mm-hmm. to other groups kind of Breaking out, and doing their own thing, because one of the things this episode and the last episode showed us that the flag smashers are a lot bigger than people thought they were. Oh yeah, they're deep. So yeah. it's not just like one group; they're like multiple groups in multiple countries and things like that. So they can easily expand on that and do a, a multitude of things with that. And be interested to see how they play off of that.
0: Yeah, and I like and 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 they still have that um, the whole. I like the way that they tied in the apps and the virtual world into it, because I think that's something that they can expand upon uh, as they go forward. One thing I did want to mention as we're kind of, I don't know if you guys have um, much more to say, kind of wrapping things up, but we didn't get to see, I wanted to see Torres pop up and be like a new kind of guy, but I don't know why I like that dude, but (laughs) I think he'll show up. And I think Isaiah's grandson showing him again I don't think that's the last time we're going to see these characters in the MCU.
1: I don't either. Yeah, I think I think we'll see them again, yeah, definitely.
0: Which is cool, you know. You can think back, hey, remember? Maybe they'll have their own series at some point, and I'm I'm totally down with that. Do you have any uh, any final words, Mike, that you wanted to say, or anything else you want? We we chatted about, I think, a lot of this episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't really have much to add. Um, I, I do uh, real quick on Zemo though. I do feel like Baron Zemo is currently a um, underutilized gem that the MCU is not quite using to its potential. Yes. Um, there, there's so much they can do there. And he was underserved in this series. He was even a little underserved in civil war, if we're being honest, but like, I, I, I you know, there's there's a lot of potential there and a lot of a lot of room for them to work. And I'd really like to see them uh, find a way to not just bring him back, but make him a little bit more prominent uh, than than he has been to this point. Uh, Again, I really like the actor. I really like the character. And I think especially because it it feels like the the direction of the MCU is going to be something with like, you know, we got the secret invasion stuff. We've, we've seen a stronger emphasis on scrolls. Now we're getting heavy into spies and espionage and covert shit like that. Like, it seems like that's kind of the direction we're going, throwing in a little terrorism in there, too. And these are all things that I feel like they could really utilize Zemo in uh, to a very high level. So maybe we'll get like that Thunderbolt show still and, and he can be in that. But, yeah, I, I, I think he's been a little underutilized to this point and not just underutilized, like, oh, they could be, they should be using it, they could be using him more, like, they should be using him more, like, and they should be giving him a little bit more to do than I think they did in this uh, in this show. I thought he was going to be much more uh, prominent in this show than he was.
2: Okay. I think his character is more of a convention bad guy than Carly is, truth be told. I think that he has more layers to him, and I think the way he manipulates the system, kind of Fits the theme of this show. Carly doesn't feel didn't feel like a bad guy. She felt like almost like a a trouble kid.
0: Yes, yeah, definitely, yeah. She was symbolic of the blip yeah. and these kids. You're you're right about that. She was less singularly focused. Um, they tried to do it, but I think every time they did, it got pulled back to like the worldwide organization aspect of yes. it. And uh, that's just that. In the end, I think. I mean it might it come it might come down to me too just to the actors like I just think Daniel Brühl is a like that guy is so much fun. He's a great actor. He's like just cla- like a classical kind of character actor that I feel like he could do anything. Um yeah, really could. great actor. All right guys, well, I don't know. Anything anybody have anything else they want to say before we get going? All right. Good. So let's do uh let's do our Little goodbyes here, Mike. Why not, well, what's your final word on the season and this experience?
1: Um, I think overall, it's a very solid entry into uh, what is going to be, I think, an excellent small screen version of the MCU. I think it, by and large, you know, I had my issues with the first few episodes of WandaVision. There are some issues that I had here and there. Nothing big with with this show. But by and large, I'd say they're two for two so far on um, their foray into the into the small screen and i think like based on what they've done so far and based on what the properties that they have coming out like i'm super super excited to see some of these uh some of these upcoming projects so um i enjoyed the show i'm gonna enjoy coming back to do loki i'm sure loki i i, I feel like loki has the potential to be the best of these three so like i'm i'm really really excited for the loki show and uh yeah that that's all I got man fantastic delvin
2: I agree with Mike. I think this is a a great start to the universe. And I especially like the fact that we're getting a feel for what these shows in this universe is going to be in terms of the TV universe. We're going to get casual cameos from other characters in the universe, much like the MCU films, but they're going to tell their own story and build their own world based off of what the MCU gave us in terms of like, hey, this is the world of Marvel movies now and these characters are living into it and surviving into it and we're get the, the intricate details of that and I think I like hearing the little tidbits of things that we normally wouldn't see in a two and a half hour movie
0: yep.
2: so mm-hmm. I think I, I like where it's going I agree I'm excited for Loki I may be more excited for what if because what if is something on a, on a whole new level in terms of how that show is going to change how it's one of the shows that's attached to the universe, but it's not, and that excites me because you don't know what to expect, you don't know what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Like they can tell whatever story they want to it. What if?
0: And That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. I can't wait. That was one of my favorite comic books. It's funny Mine's because I, I collect, I was obsessive about that, and a lot of times. I didn't know a lot of the other Marvel stuff because I was more into the DC stuff, but it, they, oh man, what if is going to be super fun? That's going to yeah. be super fun. Well, guys, this has been fantastic. Um, Delvin, it's been great having you on for two of these six episodes, and I'm very much looking forward to doing all of Loki with both of you. I want to thank everybody who sent in um, feedback. We didn't always have an opportunity to get to all of it. But it's really great to have people involved with the show, and we really appreciate it. Shout out to Cufflinks. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR. We got the great socks going to Joanne. We got a tie going to Scott, and we got a pin that's going to Glenn. So check all that out. Thank you so much, everyone, for the downloads, the likes, the subscribes. This has just been a really fun experience, and it's been great talking about it with people. I have to echo everything you guys said. Another great season. I'm super happy. I was excited when they first said they were going to do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all this. But now they're really doing it. And no offense to those shows because those were fun. And a lot of people like the Netflix shows too. And that's great. But for me, this is finally, they're really tying everything in with the film unit. And it's just a whole lot of fun. And it's great to watch with your kids too. You know, like um, my son loves the Mandalorian and he really enjoys the action in this one. WandaVision was a little over his head, but that was a different kind of show. Yeah. So they have the time to do it. And I really Loki looks like we're going to have a lot of fun because <laughs> it yeah. looks crazy already. So thank mm-hmm. you, everyone, for downloading, subscribing, liking, giving feedback. We really appreciate it. Have a great night, day, afternoon, morning, whatever the fuck it is. Peace out. Peace. Peace.
2: Hi, everyone. It's Axel Foley. And we're watching The Winter Soldier and The Falcon Soldier. And I just got to say, guys, this this show is so fun. These, These Marvel movies should always be shows. They are so fun. So fun like Legos. Just so fun. And that's all we got to say for today, guys. See you later.
0: Today's show is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head over to CuffLinks.com slash DVR and save 20% off your order. Now. There's an even bigger way you can save, because Cufflinks is having a huge May the 4th sale. That's right. Every Star Wars item will be on sale up to 75% off from May 3rd to May 9th. They have everything you need if you want to look decked out in the Star Wars, baby. I'm looking at some R2-D2 Cufflinks, some Darth Vader tie pins, all that type of stuff. They've got awesome stuff over at cufflinks.com. There's no code needed. All right? No code needed. And if you want to get an additional 10% off, you can use this secret code, May4Extra10. That's like 85% off. What? That's crazy. Head over to cufflinks.com for May the 4th and for all of your needs. If you want to look good on that Zoom meeting or, hey, we're getting out now, when you get out that front door in the morning, head over to cufflinks.com today.